Hello, welcome to Skull RPG Podcast. My name is Dwight Skull. My name is Jacob Skull. And today we're going to teach you how to tell, tell your, your story. story. I've noticed with D&D, you normally have your adventures take place in a cave or a dungeon. Why is Why don't we see a lot of other things? That makes a lot of sense, right? Because a cave and a dungeon is something you could draw out. It's mm-hmm. something that's pretty simple to, to create where... Like, I actually tried a couple of forest adventures before, and, like, what do you draw on the map? A tree? You draw, you draw a tree, and then you draw a tree, you draw a rock. And it's really, like, you know, so what if you're fighting in a plains, right? So, like, I think I think the biggest piece is because Dungeons & Dragons has done so much so on a mat that we feel like we have to actually fill the mat with stuff. And the mm-hmm. easiest way to do that is to fill it with stalactites, stalagmites, doors, walls. Yeah. Now, that said... What would you want to do? Like, why, you know, like, how could you create a scenario where something in a forest or a swamp or an open area might be better, right? Most people default to, like, what, a big, massive battle. Mm-hmm. But that seems also kind of lame, too, right? Mm-hmm. So I guess I think the biggest piece of why people don't do it is because they feel like they can't draw anything. Like, and then that somehow inhibits them. It's kind of like the same concept that the old monks had where they felt like they had to write, they had to fill space. Right. So they just doodled if they didn't. They just doodled on the borders because they need to fill the space. Right. I mean, it's an interesting thing, right? So if you look at, um, so if you've played something like um, GURPS or Vampire the Masquerade or any other kind of RPG, it's not really as heavy like a Pathfinder or a D&D is on that mat and those minis. Mm-hmm. And as such, like, I don't feel like I have any problems uh, explaining a, sceni- a scene or something like that. But in our last Dungeon Master session, um, like, we were trying to save space on the mat so we didn't have to keep cleaning it up. And so I was like, well, just use that corner for what's happening next or just use this other corner. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's really interesting to see. I think most people, including myself, when I play Dungeons & Dragons, you feel like uh, you like the mat has to be used and I can't just say, Oh, well it goes on for another 400 feet like this. And mm-hmm. then there's a sharp turn. Mm-hmm. Like for some reason we have to feel like we have to draw that 400 feet of just dead corridor space. Yeah. Or I'm going to show you, I'm going to draw a little bit of like circles for trees on a map. And then here's the path you're taking and it's going to keep going like that for a while. But the reason why I'm drawing this section on your journey is because there's going to be something here. Well, that's a, that, I think that's, that's maybe the solution, right? Is where you just draw what's important yeah, um, and let your players fill in the rest. And I think that's the piece that's maybe missing from most Game Master's um, toolkit is the ability to realize, especially if they're following like a pre-made. They're looking mm-hmm. at the pre-made map and like, I feel like I have to draw every bit of this. And when we were playing like Expedition to Greyhawk, I felt like that. And that was really bad because there was like, I don't know, in a page, it was like a 300-page book, and I'm going to say at least 50 pages were a map. Mm-hmm. And trying to fill, like, just, I mean, I, we would have been, we'd still be plotting the map if I didn't learn pretty quickly. Like, yeah, it just goes on for, like, 20 more feet. It's Just don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that said, though, like, I, I think it'd be really interesting to look at how people play in a wooded area. Do you just then just go narrative at that point and just totally throw everybody off and just be like, just put your characters on the board about where they'd be in a flat plane. Thanks. Yeah. And I'll just bring the danger to you eventually, or you'll bring it to it, you know, because we do this with like chase scenes. Are you mm-hmm. running a guy down? Okay, well, that's not fun to show on a mat. Yeah. You know? Well, 
the other thing is with different terrain with cliffs and caverns and stuff like that yeah you have better in terms of like interesting more options because it, with a dungeon with everything going to be in a room things like lightning bolt are a lot more prevalent because everybody's in a straight line right because there's a big hallway so. so a lot of the spells that wouldn't be normally used might be used a lot more because they're more conducive for an open environment but if you think about it though like even a lightning bolt in a, in a planes would be devastating especially against flying creatures right mm-hmm. Cause you just point at it and you shoot at it and I wonder if it's like, you know, again, uh, it's really hard to deal with aerial combat. I mean, your guy in our campaign has boots that let him spider climb. So we had to like literally 3D print a little mini thing so that your guy could be shown as not on the ground. Yes. And even then we debated on like, do we do one that gives us the ability to have like 10 feet, 20 feet, 30 feet off the ground or... One that allows us to put a mini underneath. Which is what we've so- settled on because mm-hmm. it was like it was easier. But I mean... It's really interesting how uh, most of our games just don't think in three dimensions, at least in, from a, like a that perspective. Yet three dimensions is a hundred percent possible. Yeah, but we just don't really conceive of it that way. And so, and a battle mat is an almost impossible to conceive of in a three dimensional way until you start adding like three dimensional pieces that are raising people up mm-hmm. off the ground. But I mean, I, I we played around with the idea of like okay, so maybe you're dragon riders or something like that, or you can all fly. How do you do combat when people are not just at your level, but also 120 feet down below you and 300 feet above you? And then you deal, especially in like a D&D 3.5, where you deal with the dragon's clumsy, so it takes it's like an ocean liner turning around, but yet the um, Efreet is perfect in its airspeed. So it's like, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know what it's like. It's like a hummingbird in reality. Um, so it can do whatever the heck it wants. And so, anyway, it's just interesting to me that I think the battle mat, going back to the first conversation, like why why do we feel like the need that we have to be in a in a dungeon? And I think it's the battle mat is actually at one time very good for D&D because all your spells are based on like 30 foot squares and all these weird things. The battle mat's conducive for closed and tight spaces because Mm -hmm. that's what it's designed for really well. Yeah, but it's also limiting. It limits you when you try to push that boundary. Yeah. So I think that's why most of our most pre-made adventures take place in, you know, a ruins, a city, a dungeon, a cave. Um, Most, you know, uh, other adventures just because because of that takes place in the exact same location. So I don't know. Um, so if you're still listening to this, I would love to hear a, a comment or something. If you're listening to this on YouTube, uh, just comment down below and tell us how you've been able to get through the battle mat. Um, if you're watching this on the podcast, then uh, go ahead and go to skullrpg.com and hit clicked on the uh, contact button. We'd love to hear from you guys. So I think that's all we have for today. We'll see you in our next episode. Hey, thanks for listening. And for more resources, please go to SkullRPG.com.